Welcome back to Journey of the Modern Yogi. I'm your host, Adam Reel. Uh, today's conversation, we have Joe Parson sitting down with us. Uh, Joe has been a good friend of mine and a yoga mentor and a life mentor for, uh, for a number of years. I'm just very inspired by her journey and the trainings and the, the space that she holds. Uh, Joe has been teaching for about 15 years in this greater Seattle area. She's been uh, certified in Baptiste-style yoga, uh, is a very, very gifted yoga nidra teacher, and also is an uh, amazing yin practitioner. Uh, today we talk about uh, some of the books and trainings that Joe's been through, uh, maybe some of the, um, uh, the healing techniques that she's gone through as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about her intermittent fasting journey that she's on right now. Uh, I do have to say that I apologize. The, uh, the audio quality on the interview itself uh, got a little uh, deteriorated, and I do apologize for that. But I love the conversation, so I still wanted it to be out there. So appreciate you uh, tuning in and listening and all your support. We'll see you on the next side. Welcome, everybody, back to our beautiful podcast, Journey of the Modern Yogi. Uh, my name is Adam Reel, and joining me today is the lovely, amazing, and beautiful Joe Parsons. Uh, Joe Parsons has, in my life, uh, been a yoga mentor of mine, has been a, a teacher, a guide, um, a friend, and just a beautiful human being, an inspiration. And, uh, and I can honestly say that Joe was one of the first teachers that I specifically sought out on a schedule. You know, the, those people that you end up finding your way to connect with, your way of, you know, finding that relation. And so Joe was that person for me. And so I am beyond excited to sit here and chat with you. So thank you so much for being here, Joe. Oh, you're welcome. That was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's it's good to hear. Because yeah. you don't hear it enough. We don't, you know. And, and, <clears throat> and, and unfortunately, uh, especially in these times right now where we've been online platforms for a long time, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I realized that I miss the most is that after after class kind of the chat, you know, and it's not necessary to get the feedback for you as a teacher of how your class landed with the students, mm-hmm. but in a way that is part of it too. Like I didn't realize how much I really appreciated that instant feedback of like, Hey, that was great. Or like, man, that was so hot today, mm-hmm. you know, and just giving that feedback and being able to utilize that in real time. Right. You right. know, I miss that too. Some deep conversations. Yeah. That can happen after class. It's the best because, you know, you're, it's almost like your guards are taken down mm-hmm. and, you know, you're just, your aura is out there just yeah. to talk and just your be like. Your heart is wide open. Mm, most definitely. <laughs> oh, man. How have you, uh, so how have you been coping with, uh, with just the switch of platforms in our, in our recent times and, uh, you know, just things of that nature? It's been weird. Yeah. So, of course, and I think this whole pandemic and this whole thing that we're in, is shining a light on a lot. Yeah. And so switching, to, it's really been hard, honestly. I'm completely, almost completely burnt out. Okay. So I'm in that state right now where I've been working a lot. Yeah. And I've worked the whole time. Um, I was one of the first teachers to teach the Zoom class. Oh, yeah. It was really nerve-wracking because I'm the worst at computers, so why okay. pick me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I... Um, I taught my class, my first, one of the first classes at Shakti. Okay. So Lisa sought me out mm-hmm. and asked me to teach. She taught the first class and then I taught the second one. Um, and it's been weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still struggle with it. Mm. Um, 
So at this point right now, when I'm teaching the dual, mm-hmm. online peeps, and then the peeps in the room, right. um, I just ignore the online people. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's it's so hard. It's it's so hard to keep all those plates spinning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think um, you know it's it's interesting as a a lot of people that I've talked to about this transition that we've all made. You know, a lot of us got into teaching yoga because we don't want the technical life. We don't want the sit behind a computer life. We mm-hmm. don't want that. We want to be talking to people, want to interact with humans. Right. And all of a sudden that was taken away from us. And now we're, we're kind of forced back into this life of learning this technology, learning this kind of this platform and be me- mechanistic. Yeah. You know, it's the connection too yeah. that I really miss. So I miss that. Yeah. So I can't wait to touch people. Oh God, I know. <laughs> I've been. I have a workshop coming up, and uh, and I'm uh, running it with a young lady, and I was I'm working with her to try to figure out some ways that we can mm-hmm. safely still adjust people, and right. it, whether it's like everybody gets their own box of gloves right in front of their mat, and as I come to you, I'm going to take my gloves <laughs> off and put new gloves on, and then I can adjust you, and then take those gloves off and move to another person. I thought. I thought the same thing. I yeah. thought, could we have a class where? At some point, the class, you come in with your vaccination card. Right, right. Or whatever. Right. And you say, I, I'm i okay with you sign a waiver or whatever. I'm okay with hands-on adjustments, mm-hmm. no masks. If, you know, if we get to that point. Right. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. And I think people would be really open to it. Because what I'm seeing is all the bodies mm-hmm. that are not in alignment. It's so tough. So I just want to go over there and grab the ribs, uh-huh. you know, things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. I miss it a lot. I miss that connection. Yeah. There's I, so much to, to the touch. Oh, my God. And you are the person, you and Zach Halley are the people that, that introduced that to me. And it was funny. I, was, I had Camo on the other day, and I was talking to Cam about you and how much he is. Obviously, just love the shit out of you. <laughs> but uh, one of the adjustments that you do that I think I miss the most is side angle pose. You come back and you, you come behind you, mm-hmm. wrap an arm around the top shoulder and pull the shoulder back. But then you take your other hand and like caress the back of your head and pull it again. Oh my God, it's the juiciest, most beautiful pose ever. I miss it. I miss it. Uh, it's like I'm just being embraced in your auric field. You know, it's like, I just come over here. Joe's got you. She's going to take care of you. So all I do now is I see the body right. struggling uh-huh. and I want to go in and... Um, just be that guidance. Yeah. So I yeah. miss that a lot, but it we'll, we'll get back to it. Yeah. We'll get back. I had a, a student uh, the other day come in and bring in one of those grabby arms. Mm. And she's like, can you use this to adjust me? And <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> like, man, if it had more grip, I'd be all over it. But, man, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> we didn't see this coming. No, no, not at all. We didn't see not this coming. And I think that a lot of studios are struggling. And yeah. I think the yoga business... Mm is struggling just like any small business right so everybody's had to learn how to pivot and Mm -hmm. figure figure stuff out yeah have you have you found so with the pivot that we've all kind of been made to do have you found something that maybe was terrifying that you ended up trying and was like oh that's not that hard i guess i could do that this whole thing yeah yeah this whole thing of the computer right that was scary Mm -hmm. Talking into this mic is scary. Right, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> um, walking into the room every time is scary. Thank you for saying that. For me, because, yeah. and I think for a lot of us, mm-hmm. um, 
I have anxiety. Love a lot of anxiety that's handed down from generations. Right. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, right. Mom. <laughs> and so I, I have a fear of public speaking for real. Right. And so I face my fear every single day, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have control of me. Yeah. So I tell my son that um, because my son has now inherited that anxiety gene. So every time I walk into a room, it doesn't matter how long I've been doing this. Right. I always get a little excited. Right. And I, I, I appreciate that. It because, never goes away. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And as, as prepared as I am, as on point as my playlist is, all the things that I need to do to make sure that I feel confident, mm-hmm. I, still, yeah, I still get those butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told by a friend that it means that you care. Because if you just walked in, you're like, got this, brush your shit off your shoulders, get out of here, I'm going to make y'all sweat. It's like, all right, well, you know. It's about taking this service Hmm. very seriously. And I I do care about providing this. And it's it's a heavy load, Hmm. what we're carrying. Right. It's a heavy load, and it's a big responsibility. So I don't ever take that lightly. Yeah. That always scares me a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what uh, what what brought you into this path in general? Like, what what was the catalyst that took Joe into to teaching? Well, I started with hot yoga, mm-hmm. ninety minutes, packed in a boiling hot room. All right, all right. Okay, that was two thousand two. Okay. Valentine's Day, I took my first class at Hot Yoga Inc. Okay. Not it wasn't even Inc. It was Hot Yoga Kirkland. Oh, okay. Oh, the right? fun place building. Yeah. Oh, I miss that, place oh, so I miss much. that room oh. so much. So I w- I was overweight. All right. I was the shy girl in the back. I never talked to anybody mm-hmm. and I just kept coming back. I don't know why. I just yeah. saw these beautiful people and they just looked so shiny. And, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like throwing up every time, but I kept going. And so it started with just the practice mm-hmm. and I was um, going through a divorce. Okay. And I don't know. It sh- showed me something. Mm. It showed me, um, because I was always scared, and I was scared to be in this divorce. I was scared to be in this transition, but I just kept going to yoga, and there was always such profound things that you would learn from the teachers, and there was one time when Jane Malico, love her, Mm -hmm. she was teaching, and we were in full pigeon, seated pigeon, which hurts like hell. Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting there and going through my divorce, and I'm freaking out because it hurts, Mm -hmm. and she comes up to me. She goes, you can do this stay with it yeah. and I looked up at her and I was so mad and I said it hurts <laughs> and she didn't react she didn't do anything she just came in my ear and she goes yeah Joe sometimes it hurts mm. just like she gave you permission she gave me permission oh, to feel man. and I probably cried a thousand tears right there and that was something that was something big because I right. was holding on to all of it. I was trying to be strong. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be strong through this process and I was being strong for my boys. Right. And then when she gave me permission to feel, I went home and I gave my my boys permission to feel. Oh man. What was going on? Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't have to be so stoic. And so to teach that to boys mm. and to learn that from one little class at, at you know, right. yoga class or whatever. So I was hooked. For life. And, and, you know, as beautiful as that moment was for you and is for you still, because you're mm-hmm. still talking so generally about it, genuinely, 
you know, I, I would venture to say that that yoga teacher probably has no idea unless you've told them the impact of that phrase, just the thing that that person said to give you that permission to feel your feels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with that, <clears throat> there's so many opportunities. There's so many things that, you know, as, as yoga teachers that will say that we have no idea how they land and mm -hmm. the impact that they have mm -hmm. because it's so unique to the individual that hears it and experiences it. Right. My gosh. So that was what I wanted to capture mm. as a teacher. I wanted to, to learn more about that, to have more of those experiences, and I did. Yeah. And those teachers, those early teachers, so it was Jane, it was Linda, okay. um, Tony, Best, yep. um, Fidel. Oh, Fidel. Oh, I love Fidel. <laughs> so who, uh, who am I leaving out? So Lisa Black, of course, is Lisa one of my Black, mentors. Yeah. and. So to learn from those teachers and to, and it was those teachers, it was Lisa and it was Linda who said, you know, you should be a teacher, you should go to training. I thought, no, <laughs> way in hell am I going to do that. Right. But then I'm going through this divorce and I had been a stay-at-home mom for 12 years. I had lost my previous career because okay. mm -hmm. I was in the photography and and photography went completely digital. I didn't know you were in photography. I know. Oh, I worked at a place called IVC, right? Okay. And it was in downtown Seattle, and uh -huh. I worked there for so long. Um, and I used to make composite negatives. So this was before digital. Oh, wow. So yeah. we used to have to ruby cut to put it over one um, negative, Okay. go in the darkroom, shoot that, mm -hmm. and then do another close off another spot and shoot oh, that. So yeah. you'd make a composite. So we'd put on type shadows. Mm -hmm. So we would make, I've made those negatives. I made that cool composite negative. That yeah. was my job. It was really interesting and fascinating. Yeah. Um, but then it all went digital mm -hmm. when I was a stay home mom. And so I had lost that. I mean, I could have gone back to it. Right. But I don't like computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was out for me. So I had to choose. What, what am I going to do? If I'm going to be away from my boys because I'm so much a, a mom. Right, yeah. If I'm going to be away from them, I want to do something I love. Mm -hmm. Something I really, really love. And that was it. Nice. So I went to training. That scared the shit out of me. Right, yeah. What was your, what was the first type of training you went to? I went to Baptiste, Baptiste Level 1. Okay, Level 1. Okay. In Hawaii. Ooh, good for you. 2006. Okay. And how long was that training? That was a week long. Okay. And it was very intense. And the very first night, mm -hmm. um, I had, you had to get up and introduce yourself. There's 145 people in the room. Oh, wow. And I have a fear of public speaking. Speaking in public, right. I have a fear of flying. Oh. I have a fear of being away from my boys. Okay. I'd never been away from them right. for 12 years. Yeah. So Owen was 12 and Kyle was um, 7. Okay. So I faced all of those fears. Yeah. Got on that freaking flight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> showed up to level 1, 145 people. And uh -huh. I'm like number... I don't know, 20 All in right. line. Good. I had to get up and introduce myself. Why are you here? Was the question. Mm -hmm. And Baron's sitting there, right, amongst 145. Why are you here? <laughs> and I said, I want, my name is Joe Parsons, and I want everything I do to be about love. Mm -hmm. And that was straight up truth. Wow. And it can sound corny, and people are like, yeah, right. But Baron knew. He knew 100%. He looked me in the eye. He goes, all right. Yep. He goes, I get that. There you go. And that was it. Because the first half of my life was not love. Right. Not, none. 
Right. So this half of my life is going to be love. Right. So that's my... Ah, I love that. <laughs> Every single time. It is not my intent. My intention is always yeah. love. And you know what I can honestly say as a student of yours? It comes through every time. That love comes through. The, the way that you hold space for people through your classes, whether it's an intense vinyasa, we're going to sweat our faces off, or mm-hmm. a peaceful, beautiful yin nidra class, that space is just so held, and the love is felt. Yeah. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I was uh, thinking about, uh, you know, just Joe Parsons in my life while we were uh, getting ready for this interview. And, uh, and one of the things that I miss was our Wednesdays together, right? So you used to teach Wednesdays at B1, you do the triple. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it wasn't too often I could take, you know, more than one class because uh, I was working, you know, do that stuff. But there was some times where I was like, hey, I'm going to take Joe's Hatha. And then I'm, or I'm going to take your Vinyasa first, the 430, and then I'm going to come take that 6 o'clock Hatha. And just get that double in there. Crazy. And then I would feel so good afterwards. Like, all right, done my yoga, feeling good, getting ready to leave. I'm like, Joe, what you got planned for yin? I'm like, oh, I got something juicy for yin. And just that word juicy would be like, all right, cool, I'm staying for yin. Now he goes, God damn it. I'm going to have four hours of yoga. <laughs> I, miss, I miss that four hours of yoga. It's oh, so tiring. Man. Yeah. It's really, really tiring, but it's amazing because it's um, by the time I get to that yin class, mm-hmm. I'm so wrung out as a teacher right. that. I don't even know what I'm saying. I have no idea. And I truly feel like the, um, a conduit. I just, mm. I'm just wide open. Yeah. And, um, whatever happens, happens. And I just trust right. that it's going to be okay. That it lands. Most definitely. <laughs> and, it, you, and, you know, and it, I can say it usually does. It yeah. always does. I mean, um, so, yeah. I miss teaching yin. I only have one yin class. Oh, wow. That's pretty abstract for you. I know. Yeah. Are you doing any uh, any Nidra right now? No, I'm doing um, uh, a two-hour um, yin class. So that's a workshop where there's not going to oh. be any, but it's going to be a long shavasana. It's okay. about 15 minutes shavasana, so right. two hours of yin. So Ooh. really long, your favorite poses. Where does that, where does that happen Where is that? That's at Shakti on May 1st. Yeah. yeah, I might have to make space for that. <laughs> a two-hour Joe Parsons yin class. And your favorite, so eight minutes usually in each pose, mm. about okay. maybe 10. Right. So if you're laying back on a bolster, we might be there for 10 minutes. Mm. You really get juicy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk much, Okay. which is a lot um, for me because if I feel something mm-hmm. come out, then it'll come out. Yeah. Um, but if not, I'm just going to – that's the holding space. Right. right to be, just let you be. Mm. That's really hard for uh, – well, somebody like yourself that has such a, a metaphoric language when they project their yoga class. You know, you you just speak so beautifully about, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't even know what it is half the time because it just, it, it's so, it's so perfect in the moment, mm. right? And so as a, as a yin teacher myself, I actually find myself doing the opposite because like, it's not that I don't feel like what I have to say is pertinent, but maybe I'm holding myself to a standard that Joe said. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I don't know if I can talk for an hour about that beautiful stuff Joe does. So I'm just going to hold space. It's all good. Yeah. Because it's whether you have a teacher who talks, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. in yin or whether you're completely quiet. I love them both. Yeah. I love both styles, honestly. Um, Bernie Clark, Mm -hmm. my yin teacher, he Phenomenal. Just amazing, smartest man I've ever met in my life. He talks a lot through the whole thing. Um, Every single post. But, oh my gosh, you want to be yeah. in his wisdom. 
So that's cool too. Right. And that's how I feel when you, when you talk, you know, you have just such a beautiful, whether it's telling a story, whether it's talking about an emotion or a sense of being or whatever it is. Like People ask just... me all the time, how do you do that? How, how do you do that? Yeah. If I were to say how, if I were to teach a how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You practice. So you learn it from your practice. Okay. You, you, that soaks in. Mm-hmm. And you let that soak in. You learn it from what you read. You learn it from, you know, all the, the searching that we do, all the seeking. Right. It gets in there. Right. And then you sort of, you're in a trance a little bit when you teach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of let it, if, if something is on your heart and you want to let it out. Right. I teach what I most need to learn. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a moment where, um, I don't know, it just, I teach what I most need to learn. Right. And I think that's that if we all as teachers look down into our personal practice, I think we could all have a little bit of honesty with that, that mm-hmm. statement because we always teach from where we come from, from our injuries, from our past, from our history. But I would, I would venture to bet that the shit that we're probably talking to people about are the things that we're working through as a human being individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, that's what makes this so important. Oh that's gosh. what makes it so, such a big responsibility. Right. Because. They're in their heart and mind. They're mm-hmm. in their bodies. It's visceral experience. And uh, I just remember those teachers, right. those very first teachers that I took, and how much of what they said landed with me. So that impact on you as a person. You know, I remember when Vidal would just whip out some crazy wisdom. And, right. Oh, man. Especially Vidal. Especially. I mean, good Lord. That man has got so many weird stories and just life experiences that he would yeah. drop something on you. Like, oh, all right, well. From the time I was cooking for, you know, the general <laughs> and to the time I was sitting in the mountains and in the Himalayas, I'm like, oh, God, you're just such a learned man. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I, w- I went to his class once, and I was really mad at my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. All right. I was so mad at him, and I was just, I think Vidal knew that I was practicing with anger. Mm, okay. And so we're just lobbying, we're sitting around in the lobby, and he just asked me a random question. Yeah. He goes, Joe, what is, what is love? And I... Could not answer mm. because I was so mad. <laughs> I'm still so mad. Right, yeah. And he goes, "You got to think about what what is love to you." And that's all he said. Yeah. But I thought about it, and I thought in that relationship that's so important to me, mm-hmm. my now husband. I need to be more loving. Like what? In the, why is it? What's all this anger? It's not towards him. I right. need to figure out who I'm mad at, mm. and deal with that, and not put it on him. The right. sweet soul that he is. Yeah. So just even that little question right. that he knew to ask me. Uh-huh. How does that happen? So Gosh. that's what I learned from um, all those little moments. Mm. That's beautiful. And I think when you, like we were talking earlier, when you, you're that conduit, right? You're that, you're that energetic, uh, that being that is holding space and is connected in some kind of way, you know? And so while we're holding space for people and we're connected, we're grounded, we can receive and, and let that knowledge that we have really flow through in that almost like we don't even have to think about it. You're not drawing on the note. You're like, where is that knowledge at? It's like, nope, hey, just let tapping it. in. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it won't right. be. Yeah. And silence is good. Silence oh, is man. golden. Like people for forget a lot about that. Is mm-hmm. that filling everything with some kind mm-hmm. of cueing? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. No. Less is more. Mm-hmm. Let it land. Really. If I could give any of the teacher, um, teachers advice. It's less is more. Yeah. Yeah. 
silence is golden and when to know when to have that silence when to be quiet when yeah. to know is really really cool mm. it's a nice um it's a nice class to take right <laughs> yeah i mean think about it so that's what i mean when you learn more from your practice how, how do you do that how do you say that how do you know what to say right. i don't yeah i never plan it i plan my class right but i don't plan on talking the about dialogue anything. and everything yeah and my husband asks me, Brandon asks me all the time, he goes, what are we going to do today? What are you going to talk about? Right. And I say, I don't know. He goes, you never <laughs> plan what you say, do you? I go, nope. There you go. Never. Never do it. And then he tells me after every time, you know when you said blah, blah, blah? You know, he goes, um, it lands with him. Right. And him being such a linear person, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool that it lands with him. Yeah. How cool that... He's linear and I'm not. Right. Opposites attract. So right? cool. You guys complete each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's that, that uh, you know, and I think that lends to the idea that there's no right or wrong way. You know, it's, it's your way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you are very beautifully practiced in going in there and just saying, hey, I'm going to just speak from my heart. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people might feel more comfortable having that dictation written down. Right. You know, one of the things that I when I'm doing teacher trainings a lot would, uh, the, the comparison I made was, you take somebody like Jay-Z, you know, and somebody like Chuck D, right? Both very, very influential rappers, you know, very, very great musicians. Uh, Jay-Z does not write anything down. Just everything comes off the top of his head, right? Mm-hmm. Where Chuck D methodically writes down practices, rehearses everything mm-hmm. that he says before he puts it out there, right? Both are very successful in what they do. Both are in the same area of music and expertise, mm-hmm. Right? It's just how you feel comfortable in, right. in delivering the message that you are trying to get across. Absolutely. And yeah. authenticity. Oh, ooh, that's a big one. Is the is really big key. Yeah. Like, you just have to be you. Just right. authentically you. Which is what my training taught me when mm-hmm. I went to Baptiste. And yeah. I've gone to one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I didn't take level three until 13 years later. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So was that was interesting. Was reason why you waited that long? Or is it... I mean, obviously, you were still teaching in that it's time. It's expensive. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, it, there was that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, I just, I thought, I don't need to. I don't I don't need to go and get that certification because you have to have level three to get Baptiste certified. Okay. So I thought, and then I just, it just kept, I just needed to, that Baptiste certification for some reason. It's like, I've been doing this a long time. Right. I want to have that certificate. I want to have that accolation or whatever. Right. So I went back. I paid the money and I went back. And it was interesting and sort of weird, but yeah. good. Um, and now I'm back to certified. Okay. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change anything. Yeah. doesn't change, like, your pay scale. doesn't nope. change. Yeah. Right. Nothing. It just. But as a human, do you feel better prepared now to go into your, to your classes? Do you feel like you've... Like you were saying, like uh, you you wanted to complete it for a reason. Do you right. feel like internally you checked that box to where yes. you okay, cool, good. Yeah, it was a little goal for me, and good. then also I can advertise my class if I take if I teach somewhere else right. other than Shakti, even at Shakti, anywhere I can I teach a workshop or something, I can put behind my name Baptiste certified. Right. Whereas before I couldn't do that. I would have to say Baptiste inspired. Inspired, okay. Or something like you couldn't you couldn't. Claim that you were Baptiste certified right. unless you take that level three. Right. So, right on. It might be just a way of them make, getting more money from us or something. Yeah. Well, what was the what was the difference between the the levels of training? 
They're all very intense. Okay. Were they all 200-hour trainings? Mm, yes. No. Okay. So, level one is mm, you're learning a lot about yourself. Okay. So that was cool. I, I think, you know, and just to, to, to piggyback on that, that one statement real quick, I don't think a lot of teachers know when they get into teacher training mm -hmm. that they're going to be unpacking some shit about themselves. Right. And that is a little terrifying for some people to come after that first day and be like, they saw my soul. <laughs> my soul was just naked in front of everybody, and that's terrifying. Right. And, and, and so that was weird and crazy and kind yeah. of traumatizing, but it, it was so important and integral in creating the teacher that I am today mm -hmm. so that bearing my soul was a big part of it. Okay. And a lot of people poo-poo on that and say, you know, that's too traumatizing. Right. It's, there's a little controversy around that. But um, for me, I think it was really important. And I'll say it out loud. I think it's important for I, teachers to go through. Otherwise, we can't hold space for that. 100%. And I think, you know, as, as traumatizing as it can be for us to open our souls that way, yeah. I think that's kind of one of the goals of us being here. To find that openness to be the human being that we authentically are mm -hmm. and I know that there's so much shit to get through to find that authenticity and yeah. to, to even hear that word authenticity sometimes it just yeah. doesn't even land with people right. but I think that's one of the goals that at least in my opinion that's one of the goals that I have as a human being is to see my true soul and to see who I am and how I can show up in this world to the people around yeah. me and light and dark exactly right so you know that bearing your soul so when it was my turn to stand up and talk about whatever I would always cry cry yeah. all I would do is cry right. I'm standing up and all I can do is cry <laughs> and um, you have to stay standing up you don't get to sit down oh, until you're done so you're sobbing just in so I'm having this dialogue crying with right. Baron and he's like what are you crying about yeah. and that was his only question he kept asking me what are you crying about what are you crying about? and this must have lasted about 20 minutes okay and then I finally you can't cry for that long you'll That's... just you'll just stop you'll stop right. yeah so I finally stopped, and he asked us, what are you crying about? And I said, because I'm scared. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. And so then the crying happens again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then he lets me stop. He's just holding space for me, and he lets me stop. And I say, he said, it wasn't that bad, was it? Hmm. He goes, you got through it, and you're still here. And what he was teaching me is that you can face your fear. Right. You can be afraid. You can face it. You can go through it. And then he went through this whole talk about how there's only one way out is through. You have to mm. pierce through that. Right. Otherwise, I might have stayed scared forever. Mm. And I might have walked into these rooms scared. Right. You know, I still walk in scared. But I don't walk in that scared. Not terrified. No. Yeah. So I think it was a really big piece to the puzzle. And right. so level two was all about getting up and teaching in front of people. Okay. And then having that feedback, that yeah. right away feedback. Ugh. Yeah. It was horrible. I can tell. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Somebody were you still dealing with, uh, in, in your level two, were you still dealing with that kind of stage fright? Oh, God, like... yes. Okay. okay. I was only six months into teaching. Ooh, okay. But um, so it was my turn. And then I got the, con I got the feedback right away. Right. Her voice is too sexy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then somebody goes, well, I kind of like that. Yeah, right? Hey, a little sultriness in our yoga. <laughs> so I was, he was trying to teach me how to project more and not, not talk set. I said, this is the way I talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I got the other feedback. I kept going. You can't sit down until you're done. Okay, yeah. 
So um, I got the other feedback. She kind of looks like Betty Boop up there. Oh, and I yeah. was, and that was really hurtful. That's objective. Yeah. Huh. And so I, and I was like, uh, how do I not be like Betty Boop? Like, okay. I don't know. What does that even mean? Yeah, am I like shaking my hips up here I or something? Might I might have been. I might know. have been. So it's interesting to get that feedback, right? All right, yeah. So then Baron gets up and he walks behind me and he's got my his hands on my shoulders uh-huh. and he walks around the room with me. And he's just there, right there. And he's telling me, tell them about what yoga does for you. And I'm holding him in a pose. Mm-hmm. And I um, I said, let this open your heart. So turn your heart up. Okay. And then tell them what that means to you. So he was there teaching me mm-hmm. those things. And with his hands on my shoulders like that, I don't know. It felt, I felt held and I felt cared right, for. Yeah. And that was huge really really big for me um so then i finally got to sit sit down and i i guess i passed the test or whatever (laughs) (laughs) what a beautiful way to get across the concept of you don't have to memorize the dialogue Mm -hmm. you teach from what you see Mm -hmm. and just having him walk around with his hands on you just Mm -hmm. just holding space for you to see that Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful it was really cool and i felt um like he cared, mm-hmm. like he really cared, like he was just taking time with me, right. wanting to show me that, like how to be grounded. Right. So maybe I was wiggling around too much. Maybe I was shaking my hips too much or something. Okay. Stand there, be grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Show up, be here. Yeah. Sh- yeah. You don't need to wiggle around. You don't need to put your hands anywhere. Right. So that was interesting. And, and then level three was <sighs> really about how is this a we hmm. instead of me? Okay. Me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to show up 13 years later thinking, yeah, I am all about them. Right. I, I am selfless. I that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. But it really showed me that I wasn't. So when I when I showed up to level three, and it's 13 years later, and I stood up and I said my name, and I said I'm here 13 years later, um, I said something like. I'm here because I want to shine as, shine as bright as I know I can. Mm-hmm. And he just shook his head and said, all right. And then the whole training yeah. was about how is this about we? Mm-hmm. How is this not? And I ended, that, I ended that practice, that whole level three saying, wow, it was kind of about me for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting. Right. I didn't know that. Oh. So... That was really cool. Cool. That's yeah. a good perspective shift. Yeah. So we practiced together as a group, a hundred of us. Right. And there was no teacher. Baron didn't teach. Oh. We had to breathe and do the movements and do the whole Baptiste. Uh, it's called Journey into Power, then the 90-minute right. sequence. Okay. So once you learn it, I don't teach it very often. That's strictly. Yeah. Um, but there is a certain sequence. Mm-hmm. So we had to go through that together as a group. Uninstructed? Yes. Wow. That's like a moving meditation. Then. It's a moving meditation. Ooh. So 90 minutes of that. And if anybody was off doing their own thing, they would be breaking up the we. They would be breaking up the, the 100 people in the room. Yeah. So there was a couple of teachers who kept doing that. Okay. Why are they making it about them? Right. Why are they throwing us all off? So that whole we practiced that way. Every single day. Right. Just the 90-minute 
moving together mm -hmm. as a group, like a flock. We were the oh, flock yeah, of, love of that seagulls. We yeah. were the flock. And the, the people holding up the flock, by the way, are not the ones in the front. The ones in the back. Totally. So that was so cool. Wow. That was really cool to, to and by the end, man, we were on. Yeah. Nobody was Ooh. off. That's so powerful. It was really cool. Wow. I don't think I've ever been a part of something that that big and unified. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. I, I just I would I would love to both be a part of it to mm -hmm. feel the energy, but also be a spectator mm -hmm. around it and just be absorbent of that energy as right. it's happening. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was really cool. So I've I've taken a lot from my my yeah. trainings. Cool. Were they all location trainings or mm -hmm. okay? Hawaii level one, Montana level two. Monterey, California. Oh, cool. Close to Monterey. I forget. Uh, Pacific Beach? Okay. Something like that. Right. Beautiful. Oh. All love... beautiful locations. Yeah. So. Very cool. Worth the money? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you would recommend mm -hmm. if uh, somebody was like, yeah, you know, I'm really feeling Baptiste. Yeah. Journey the Baptiste. Right. Cool. What I love about it is there is a certain sequence. There is a certain um, template. Okay. And I, I very loosely mm -hmm. base my sequences on that template. But it is there. Yeah. And there is a intelligence to it. Right. And I love that. So um, I, I recommend that just so. Uh, there's so many other trainings, though, too. There's so much to right. learn. Yeah, I know. You never I stop know. learning. I know. And I think that's that's the thing for me right now is that, you know, we've, we've built a base level in some kind of way, right? We're, we're entering into yoga. We've, we've got our base level. We've got our certification. <clears throat> and then from there, it's, it's where do you want to go? Like, where do you want to specialize? Do you want to go from... You know, teaching what you call Hatha, which is mm -hmm. the Bikram series in a, in a 60 minute uh, variation. Do you want to teach Hatha, Vinyasa, or I mean, do you want to start specializing and get into mm -hmm. like an Iyengar or get, get into like a Yoga Nidra, like what you're doing also? You know, just you can start to really hone in the style and the teachers that really encompass that style that you're looking for. And we teach what we most need to learn. Right. So that's why I got into Nidra and Yin. Okay. Um, because I felt such healing from mm. those practices myself, and uh, it's so healing. Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially the Nidra, um, healing trauma. Mm. So that's really interesting. That's what I feel drawn to okay. right now because of the, um, the impact that trauma has had in me, my right. life. Okay. So I never thought it was possible to heal from that or to really truly, like I've always felt broken. Oh. So, to experience um, true, like some really true healing, right. it, it's 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 where I want to go because there's so many people who have that, who have that. Um, we all have trauma. We You're do. human being. We you have do. trauma. Yeah. You you go to school and you are bullied or whatever. Yeah. Kids pick on each other. Mm -hmm. That's traumatic. So and trauma is experienced in each person so differently. Right. Like, my son has been so sheltered his whole life. Like, what trauma have you had, dude? Okay. But every little thing affects him so profoundly because right. he's so sensitive. Yeah. So that's trauma. So he's he's got PTSD. Right. What do you get PTSD from if you're sheltered? Right. It's so interesting because he's inherited from me. Right. He's inherited my ancestry trauma. Right, yeah. And so that fascinates me. Yeah. And I'd love to help people go into that because it's so safe oh my and gosh, it's so yeah. gentle. Um, that's what it attracts me. Wow. 
I think, uh, you know, one thing too, that I've, that I've learned about trauma, cause Monica has gone through some trauma training and, and, uh, you know, so I've kind of learned vicariously through her, but, um, I think the, the thing that we kind of forget about sometimes is that the level of trauma doesn't change how it impacts your body, mm-hmm. right? Trauma, like trauma, like let's say I stub my toe, right? That's my trauma, right? That's going to mm-hmm. land in a very like strong place in my body as far as like maybe somebody that lost a toe, right? Mm-hmm. It's still traumatic to the body in general. Right. It, the levels of trauma are a little different, but it still lands energetically in the body as trauma. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's stored that way. And so finding those ways of releasing all the trauma that we can or mm-hmm. dealing with it and accepting and understanding why we've gone through it mm-hmm. so that we can process it and move it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the things that sometimes we forget about when we hear of somebody else's plight. We're like, well, shit, I've gone through so much more than that. How are they? How is that going to take you down? Well, that's just how their body has understood that trauma. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's debilitating one way or the other. Yeah. So finding those ways that we could offer ourselves to hold space while the healing happens, mm-hmm. I think is, it, especially now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, this is traumatic. my gosh, right? Everything. Everything is so traumatic. Everybody's mm-hmm. like rug has been lifted out from under them, their jobs, their families, like things have just changed, you know? And, uh, you know, I've, before all this COVID stuff, um, you know, Monica and I have both been Reiki certified. We're uh, Reiki practitioners. We're now Reiki masters. That happened even before the COVID stuff. And, uh, but I, I was never really called to practice it for, you know, um, on, on people, right? It was more so my own personal knowledge. It was mm-hmm. a journey that I felt drawn to take, but I didn't know what I, I needed to do with that energy yet. Mm-hmm. But once this atmosphere of the world started to present itself. It's like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed to get the certification, get the understanding of how it landed with me as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, now I'm ready to present it to the world and help hold space while people find their healing. I love that. I love that. You know why? Because you understand and you take it so seriously. You really want to feel right. ready. Yeah. Because it is it big is responsibility. A it's yeah. a big, it's a big responsibility, and you're you're accountable for that. So I love that you are taking your time. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's cool, well, and I can't wait. I'm going to get a Reiki I'll session from you. Can't wait. Can't wait. And to be honest, like I think you know, in in a way, you know, I was inspired to do this work because of people like you. Oh. You know, because we've had those experiences mm-hmm. of somebody holding space for us to allow us to just kind of mentally search through our own healing, mm-hmm. and. And that has been so impactful to me that it, it just, it was innate that it was going to happen sooner or later, that, that, that impact was going to come through in its own way, yeah. you know? So, so thank you inadvertently for yeah. putting me on my path. That's so cool. <laughs> but, uh, talking about Nidra, cause, uh, okay. that was, uh, I think that was one of the first experiences I had with you, uh, was, uh, was like a, a Nidra-esque type class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that was, that was not that class in general, but Yoga Nidra was my very first foray into yoga. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my partner at the time had been trying to get me to go to yoga. She was like, come to yoga, come to yoga. It'd be good for you. I was overweight. I had a bad back, you know, just terrible stuff. I remember. <laughs> I remember that, Adam. <laughs> I found a picture of that, Adam, not oh. long ago. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, I'm just a stubborn guy. I'm like, I don't want to go to yoga. I don't know the, the poses. I look like an idiot. And so she coerced me with this it's sleep yoga, right? Mm-hmm. You just come in here. You lay down. They're going to talk to you. Do your thing, right? Sign me up, right? I can't say no to that. And that was 
that just changed my entire life. It was like, okay, hey, here's an opportunity for you to receive a healing uh, experience without, I was almost kind of like sneaky, you know? It's like, hey, just go down there and lay down. And just like, all of a sudden I'm like crying and I'm like breathing heavy. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Why am I feeling feels? (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, um, it's truly amazing, amazing um, practice. Yeah. So it's ancient, right? It's, it's handed down from the ancient yogis, right. um, this meditation. It's a guided meditation while you're laying down. Mm-hmm. So you may or may not fall asleep. Most people probably do. I can honestly say every single nidra I've taken, yeah. I'm going to stay awake and I'm going to kind of listen. <laughs> Three minutes in, I'm out. But the amazing thing is, is your subconscious takes it all in, knows right. it, you know, and has your body, your subconscious, everything has the experience. Mm-hmm. It still is, it still lands, even if you're completely zonked out, which I love. Yeah. And some people don't fall asleep at all and they hear the whole thing. But what it is, is it's, it, it, you, it's done in blocks, right? So there's the beginning where you're getting into your body, yeah. relaxing your body. And then you are in this relaxed state, but still awake. You um, set your son kalpa. So it's your I am statement and let it come to you naturally, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, and I made this Sankalpa in one of my early Nidra sessions when I'm taking it, I made the Sankalpa, I am healed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was signing up for <laughs> when I said that, <laughs> but I went through the Nidra practice with All that right. as my Sankalpa. All That's right. your seed that you're planting. And then you go through the body, you know, you, you work on relaxing the body. So we do the body, um, body points meditation. So okay. we go toes and fingers and through the whole body mm-hmm. to get you completely relaxed. That's when most people fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go through a journey. Um, and you're, you, you can write out your own nidras. You can go, you can climb a mountain. Right. You can be uh, in a forest. And in the forest, there's a temple. And then you go inside the temple and you, you just write it out, make it nice right. and beautiful and sweet. You can go to the beach. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're going in this journey, right. uh, I, I led a Nidra once uh, really recently where we went on a journey up a mountain okay. to, to see the sunrise. So we get up to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and then we take our seed or some kalpa mm. and we plant it right there at the top of the mountain. Mm. And then we watch the wind blow watch the the wildflowers swirl around and mm-hmm. there's your sankalpa so you are watering it so you take the, you know your watering bucket or whatever and you lead them on this this journey to where they can plant their seed right. and then let it go oh, and then allow for that seed and then of course we go back down the mountain we go back through the body right, and, right. Um, and we wake up and what I love about it is it's so gentle there's nothing scary. Right. You're not going to go anywhere scary. You're going to go to a beautiful forest where there's a beautiful temple and yeah. there's a little cushion you can sit on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's just all like very loving and yeah. gentle. Yeah. And your son couple will be different usually. Maybe it's the same. Mm-hmm. I am love. I am, you know, you think, you, you know, you don't have to overthink it. Right. It's just what in that moment your I am statement is. So, all of that opportunity to go in. And when I went through my training, I did two. I did my first one with Audrey. Audrey. Okay. Um, what does she go by? Benton? No, that's her. Mm, Celeste. I'm not positive. Audrey Benton. 
Okay. Used to be Benton, but I don't know. Could be something. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey is lovely, and I got my first certification with her. She's the yeah. most beautiful neighbor teacher. And then I took a six-week online training. This is before COVID, too. Okay. And this was more recent-ish, mm -hmm. right? Okay. It was, I think, a year ago. About a year ago. Okay. Oh, oh it was more than a year. It was right before the pandemic. I do remember that, yeah. And it was with Kristen McCarthy, who is out of Vancouver. I love her. Oh, Kristen cool. McCarthy. Um and so I did the online training with her, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, I spoke to my soul in that training. Whoa. So we would do a nidra every day. Yeah. And it was six weeks. Or we would have a nidra every weekend. And then we would have our little uh, practice things that we did on our own. And we'd meet up every weekend online. And she would lead us through a nidra. Um, and we went through every single body. We went through the physical body, right. the energetic body, the emotional body, mm -hmm. um, the wisdom body, and then the, um, you know, the, the soul, yeah. uh, Anamaya Kosha, the, the deep soul consciousness. Yeah. So when we finally get to that point, my, I, I met my soul <laughs> in the meditation. Wow. Um, and it was beautiful. And yeah. my, my soul was like proud of me. It was weird. So um, I felt that. Yeah. And once I felt that, I was like, oh, man, this is possible. Yeah. It's really freaking possible. Kind of like confirming your path. Like yeah. you're doing it right. You're or walking like your path. It's just possible for people. Like if I can heal from what I right. am healing from, then, oh, my gosh, it's possible. Right. It's possible for the, you know, veterans. It's possible for, you know, victims yeah. of any kind. Right. It is possible. Yeah. So I'm super excited about it. And that's, I mean, it's such a beautiful tool to mm -hmm. help people find that, that space that they need for their healing. Because it is that softness. It is mm -hmm. that that gentleness of just laying there. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not an intense yoga class. No. You're not going to melt your face off. You're not going to pull something. You're just going to sit there and... You'll probably snore. Right. So what? That's the, Drooling, yeah. snoring, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think to your point too earlier, I don't think there's a yoga teacher class that I've taken that I haven't drifted off in some kind of way, but still felt everything that I needed to feel through that entire process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. beautiful. Where are you? Are you practicing nidra right now anywhere in particular, or are you? I will take an online class from Kristen McCarthy. <clears throat> okay. So she has a YouTube channel, mm. and you can probably look her up. Okay. Um, Kristen with a K. And McCarthy, mm -hmm. and she she has a YouTube channel. She does um, a lot of yin. She does a lot of nidra, and they're beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Oh, look her up. <laughs> they're so good. Um, so yeah, she's my teacher right now. Cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, what where where do you plan on going with your yoga nidra practice? I don't teach it a lot. I don't teach it enough. Right. Right now, and I really want to bring more of it mm -hmm. um, eventually. Right. I'm so busy. Yeah. That's the thing. Right now, I think as teachers who are still out there teaching or who who are able to do the Zoom thing. And right. the, you know, it's so intense. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And then doing the cleaning afterwards and stuff <coughs> like that. Right. The microphones, the masks, and the I things. I have all these all wires stuff. and does this work? Ah. <laughs> People trying to check in and it's crazy. Right. So I'm busy. Right. Yeah. I would like to tone that down a little so mm. I can have more room for for that nidra stuff and for the yin stuff that I really feel drawn to. But right now, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, that's the hard part is finding those things that 
that balance to I've keep our bucket it. filled. I've never found it. I don't think we'll ever do. You know, is that constant travel? Uh, that's constant struggle of trying to find that, yeah. that balance. Right. But I think you know, attempting to find the balance, I think, is keeping it conscious that we're out of balance. Mm-hmm. So at least we're aware, and we're not just frantic. And all of a sudden, we're like, I don't, I don't understand why I haven't gone to the bathroom in two days. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. You know, like, right. <clears throat> it's you know, it's that consciousness of even though I might not be within my ujjayi breath, I'm mm-hmm. still conscious that I'm not in my ujjayi breath. So I'm making a decision to not be there. You know, and as long as we're conscious in those decisions that we're making, then at least we are aware of it as a human and we're not just getting caught in it. I'm, I find myself less and less being caught up and being completely drained and completely exhausted, yeah. which happens a lot. Um, I'm more aware of that. This is my limit. I need to rest. Right. Because it's such an energetic pull. You know, oh, you're, yeah. you're losing a lot of energy. And it's an exchange as well. You're mm-hmm. getting energy too. Yeah. But my husband knows how draining it can be for me. Like um, Wednesday, our top three hot vinyasa classes. And I was done. Yeah. For about 24 hours, maybe a little longer. So all all Thursday off, just Mm -hmm. you recover. Laid in bed, drink water, that's all I did. There you go. So I'm more aware of that now of when I need to do that. Mm -hmm. And people leave me alone. This is, it's a no talking zone. Yeah. I'm not talking. You know, I think uh, that's that's an important thing for teachers too. Is we we need to make sure that we have our recovery in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's an energy healer, uh, a massage therapist, a yoga teacher, like we need to have our recovery too. Because, like you said, we're giving that energy out left and right, and if we're not filling our cup up, mm-hmm. then we're eventually going to run out of stuff to give. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're teaching that. Yeah. We're also teaching that by example. Right. So if we're running around burning ourselves out, <laughs> what kind of example is that? So, yeah. you know, because whatever job you have, you can go full tilt. Mm-hmm. And that's why I teach vinyasa and yin, yin and yang, because we need the balance. Right. Yeah. If you go full tilt, you're going to burn out. Yeah. So yeah. that's a what? hard lesson for most people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Because we feel like, especially we get that, that giver's high. You know, we're just like, we're giving, we're giving, we're giving, we feel good. We're like, ah, oh, we're giving. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's like, why am I just kick my dog? It's like, oh, because I haven't taken time to take a nap or get a massage or take a bath. I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, you know. Right. What's, uh, what's some of the things that you do for your recovery? You know, so you, you were saying like, if you teach three classes, you take that next day off. But, you know, what's, because you've been teaching, what, four, between 15. 15 classes? Okay. Fif- oh, a week? I've been fif- 15 years. 15 years, yeah. Full time. Yeah. Which it's a hard. lot of classes. If you don't understand, that's a lot of classes a week. Full time. It's about ten classes a week. Okay. I would consider full time. Okay. Um, because each class you give mm, two to three hours. Yep. At least. Mm-hmm. You know, if you prepare to prepare your class. Right. To to get there, mm-hmm. to teach, check in, clean up, leave. Right. I mean, it's three hours. Yeah. So um, ten classes a week. It's almost full time. Yeah, right. Yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. Some a lot of people teach more. I, I don't. I don't think that that's sustainable. I don't think so either. At all. I'm at seven, and I'm like, I don't know how you do ten. <laughs> I don't do ten. I I was at ten, and now I'm at seven. Okay. And okay. seven's a good number. Yeah, it seems manageable, but right. but uh, to your point, I had to I had to reevaluate the style I was teaching, mm-hmm. and not just vinyasa and hatha. I had to add in some yin. Mm-hmm to balance me out as a human being, to give myself the energy to 
continue to teach as much as I need to, to, you know, to financially take care of myself, but also to be able to show up to my students as they want me to. Mm, I agree. So yeah. that's an answer to your question. That's what I do too. I have to have at least one yin class in that mm. um, seven so that I get that same um, yin and yang yeah. energy going. So that's what I do. Um, what else do I do? I don't just lay in bed. Okay. I love my bed. Yeah. I love my Netflix. I love my bed. Got some cats, right? <laughs> I got my cat. There you go. She doesn't snuggle me, so I don't get any love for her. But <laughs> she lays by my feet. There you go. At least you get the cat energy. I know? get the cat energy. She, she is in love with my husband. With oh, yeah. Yeah. She's in love with him. <laughs> she lays, and like she doesn't snuggle anybody else. Yeah. So she, like, wraps her arms around him. She sleeps on his head. Head. Oh, that's oh, sweet. So, yeah, I'm jealous. So, anyway. Was this your cat before you and Brandon started uh, became a husband No, that's our baby. That's your cat our, together. Her, okay. Her baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> she prefers him, and that's okay. So, laying in my bed. Yeah. That's what I do. I read books. Good. I, I, I feel comfortable laying there and just saying, this is my recovery day. Don't mm -hmm. judge. Because before I would feel judged. Like, right. Brandon's working so hard. I feel guilty. I should be doing something. Right. I don't do that anymore. No, because that takes the recovery out of it. Mm -mm. When you're not mentally recovering, also, yeah. if you're if you're judging yourself for your recovery, right. then you're almost doing more worse, more right. bad than good. Yeah. yeah. So I just lay there, no guilt. Yeah. I'm gonna lay here all day. I'm gonna eat in bed. Heck I'm yeah. going to watch my Netflix and I'm gonna read. Maybe that's it. Hell yeah. Sleep maybe whatever. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Go to the beach. If it's sunny, I go to the beach. Yeah, you love the beach. I love the beach. You love the beach. The so, Tan Joe Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going away. It's not going to end. So I think that earthing, right? Yeah. I think putting your feet on the ground. Yes. Earthing, I love that. Earthing, earthing. is very important. Mm -hmm. So go to the beach, put your feet in the water. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Nice. The thing that's uh, in, in this, this COVID time that's, uh, that's really helped me... Uh, for my recovery, but also in, in lieu of our, just the Shavasana after a just amazingly hot, just get your butt kicked kind of either Hatha or Vinyasa class, because that's where I would find a lot of my healings, those, in those moments, those Shavasana moments where everything is gone out of me mm -hmm. and I'm just like piled of mush mm -hmm. for as long as I can be. And I, and I, I don't want to say I covet that because that's, I don't want to search for that, but I really appreciate those moments. Right. And so for me, I found that in taking extremely hot baths mm -hmm. in, uh, during these COVID times. Mm -hmm. And so just get a really hot bath going and put some Epsom salts in there. And then for Monica, uh, is Monica's influence I got is, you know, uh, cultivating your, your bath by going around the yard and picking things of nature, right? So cedar leaves or cedar, you know, twigs, cedar bark rosebuds, you know, just bring it in. do that. I know, like those little, and, and it brings it that mindfulness of it, right? Mm -hmm. You're consciously, you're, you're, you're choosing the, the, the things that you want to help you in your healing journey. You're allowing nature right. to be part of your healing. Yeah. And nature loves that. Loves it. Nature wants to be a part of your healing so oh. much. So put all that stuff in there, make a big bath soup. And then I'll, I'll put on like a Ram Dass talk for an hour and just oh. sit in there and just sweat. And That's just, a great idea. it is so phenomenal. Okay. And I'll take like two, three baths a week now. Like we have a 50 pound bag of Epsom salt in our bathroom wow. because we go through so much Epsom salt. But it's, uh, what, that's, you, what, what is the 
philosophy. I, I do Epsom salt because it helps my joints and it mm-hmm. helps me feel better. So it yeah. does draw out the toxins. Right. Is yeah. That right? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It, uh, so Epsom salt takes inflammation out of your body. And so, yeah, so it's really good for anything that if, like you have a pulled muscle or an inflamed joints, mm-hmm. things like that, um, really good for pulling that inflammation out. And then now they've gone as far as going to the deprivation tanks, right? Mm-hmm. So you can go into, um, <clears throat> I think Urban Float is around here, also a place called Rubicon, but you have these big pods that have, I believe, 200 gallons of water in them, and then also 200 pounds of Epsom salt. So basically they're they're reenacting what the Dead Sea is, more or less. So you're you're super buoyant mm-hmm. so you get it you go into these rooms they're isolated rooms they have their own pods their own showers your seats and all this stuff you can lock the door so you're very isolated in your own space and then you uh have this pod you can get into and you have control of the door so in case you have any kind of like claustrophobia kind of things you right. can hold the door you can leave it ajar um, you can have lights inside the pod on you can have sound on if you want right so you can really customize your experience but then laying down in that 200 gallons of water, 200 pounds of Epsom salt, and you're floating there, just like in the Dead Sea, and the the body or the, the temperature of the water is right around body temperature, so it normalizes pretty quick. And then you spend 60 to 90 minutes in there and just so you have the therapeuticness of the Epsom salt pulling all the inflammation out of your body. But then you also have the the meditation of that silence or that space that you create mm-hmm. to then journey in my gosh, like it is one of the coolest experiences I've had. I'm going to do it. Really great. Very cool. I'm going to do it. Yeah, there's a place actually around here over in like 180 Village called Rubicon that does awesome okay. like 90-minute flows for like 45 bucks. Nice. Really good good price. Okay. Gosh, love it so much. All the tips and pointers were right. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> um, so uh, before we uh, we sat down to talk, you uh, you were saying that you're on a fast right now. I am. So uh, what, uh, what kind of fast are you on? What's up with this fasting? Yeah, what's going on? Um, I've had weight issues probably my whole life. I okay. mean, I've always had a little tummy as a little girl and all that. All right. And then I also went through a time in my childhood, part of the trauma. Mm-hmm. We were very, very poor. Um, and there was times when I was actually starving okay. as a little kid. So going on diets is very triggering for me. So I could never really diet because it's always a trigger. It's always like, I, oh, I can't yeah. have that because I feel like I, I go back to that space where I'm starving. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's no good. Oh, wow, so you yeah. would think fasting isn't good for me, right? Then I discovered, okay, so then I thought, okay, the pandemic hits and I gained 15 pounds. Okay. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So, um, and I'm riding my bike like crazy and I'm thinking this should not be happening. So I went to Jenny Craig because right. I'm a lifetime member of Jenny Craig. There you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I got my stupid Jenny Craig foods, which don't do anything. They make you fatter, but sorry, Jenny Craig. But they do. They're just full of carbs. Right. So I got really frustrated, and I said, I'm just going to do this intermittent fasting thing. I didn't know what it was. Okay. And I just like, I'm just going to try it. And then I started joining some Facebook groups, mm-hmm. learning more about it, actually learning about it. Yeah, yeah. And holy crap, my body loves it. Cool. I've dropped the 15 pounds. Yeah. I've got five more pounds to go if, to reach a goal of mine. Um, and it'll come off easily. I don't eat. My last meal of the day will be 8 o'clock, 7 or 8. Okay. And then I won't eat until 2 or 3 the next day. So what is that, like an 18-hour fasting mm-hmm. in between? Okay, cool. Right on. And then I have a little window where I eat. And it's not like I go crazy with it. But I'm also not de- depriving myself. Right. So if I want macaroni and cheese, I'm going to have it. Yeah. And it hasn't affected 
the, the, the effects of the fast. The fasting is so therapeutic. Yeah. That piece of it is my body loves it. So I've been insulin resistant for many years. Okay. So that means my my insulin levels are so high mm -hmm. that my liver is, I'm getting the fatty liver thing and I'm getting metabolic disorder. Okay. I saw my doctor chart a few years ago. Yeah. Um, possible metabolic disorder. Okay. But then my doctor never talked to me about it. So anyway, I yeah. decided to take matters in my own hands, Good. and I bought a book called Feast, uh, no, no, Fast, Feast, Repeat, and her first name is Jen, and I think it's Stevens, Jen, right. like, the, like the tonic, Jen, uh, Stevens, Fast, Feast, Repeat, and that's okay. like the Bible of this intermittent Love fasting that. thing. Okay. So I learned that I was putting a little cream in my coffee in the morning mm -hmm. at first, and that would be enough to spike my insulin. Just oh, a little bit of cream. A little bit of cream, okay. Yeah, so there's dirty fasting and clean fasting. Okay. So at first I was dirty fasting with that little bit of cream in my coffee because <laughs> I can't imagine not having cream and sugar in my coffee. All right. But then I would get shaky and I wouldn't make it until even noon because I'd be like shaky. And what would happen is that means I'm hypoglycemic. That means my blood sugar has gone down so low just from that one insulin spike. Wow. From the cream in my coffee. Yeah. The minute I cut it out and just go black coffee in the morning, black coffee and water, mm -hmm. or my tea, my herbal tea, right. I don't have the shakes. I don't have any of that other stuff that was going on. Hmm. I just can last through my fast. Just from one, one small change? One spike in my insulin because my system is so sensitive wow. to insulin, to anything that spikes it. Yeah. What I learned from that is I would make a giant coffee before, before I did this fasting thing. This giant coffee, mm -hmm. sugar, cream. And then I would let it get cold, and I would sip on that all day. Okay. That was spiking my insulin all day long. I just never from knew those that. little sugar and cream just spikes. Just those little sips of coffee all wow. day long. Once I cut that out, I didn't have those ups and downs, mm -hmm. and I didn't have the crazy cravings. I didn't have the crazy hunger. Yeah. By the time it's time to eat, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty hungry, but I don't go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not like gorging yourself. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, I do once in a while if I feel like it, yeah. or you know, we're going out to dinner tonight. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat the shit. Yeah, that. I'm wearing my stretchy pants. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the weight has like just come off so easily. Yeah. Um, I don't feel deprived. I don't feel triggered. It's interesting. Wow. And it's so good for your body. The other things it does for your body, it reverses type two diabetes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. No joke. So there's another book. Um, because of the insulin kind of leveling. The obesity that... code is obesity the other code. book. Okay. The obesity code, and this guy's a little more scientific. It's a doozy. So anyway, the obesity code is a little more scientific, and it talks about reversing type 2 diabetes, reversing a lot of things. Right. I mean, the reason the doctors don't talk about this is because it's free, and I... no one can make money off exactly. of it. Exactly. Uh, we're in a money-making Business. Um, it's it's a, it's a corporation. I mean, it's free. Yeah. I save a lot of money. Good for you. Good for you. So it's been great, and I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I uh, I've heard intermittent fasting. Sorry, intermittent intermittent fasting. <laughs> intermittent fasting. <laughs> intermittent fasting. I, I have a hard time. Uh, I've just, I've I've heard really great things about it, mm -hmm. and uh, and I've personally struggled with weight my entire life, right. and um, luckily recently I've finally found you know, my, my balance mm -hmm. in life and, uh, my thing with, with, uh, with mainly portioning, 
Like I'm, I grew up in the South. I'm from the South, you know, and it's like you pile everything on your plate. And then if you don't finish your plate, you're sitting there until you're yeah. done or you get grounded. Right. And so it's like, well, I'm going to put five pounds of this food somewhere, I guess, you know, and then eventually get overweight. So, you know, for me it was portioning, but you know, as I explore my own personal fitness and health and regimes, intermittent fasting is definitely something that's, that's come up that I haven't had a chance. I shouldn't say I haven't had a chance. I haven't made time mm-hmm. to uh, to explore it yet, but it's it's something that I really want to get into and, and try to explore for myself. It's really cool. I highly recommend it. Anyways, uh, my body loves it. Yeah. And it just never loved any sort of eating plan or anything. It's always <laughs> a struggle. It's always been to lose one pound. Yeah. Would be such a struggle, and I would. With this, I don't struggle. With wow. this, it's like, no. Just... If I want to have that piece of cake, I'm gonna have it. Yeah. It's in my window. I'm fine. There you go. I, my window is the time where my insulin can spike a little, right? Mm-hmm. Because my system is healing. Okay. So sometimes your body needs to go through that period of healing, and it's a little bit longer. Because people think they're going to lose weight right away with right. intermittent fasting, and they might. But sometimes it takes longer. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it did. Like a month or month and a half. And I was like, why am I not working? It's another thing that's not working. Right. But the book says, just stick with it. Stick with it. Because sometimes your body prioritizes healing first. Oh, that's beautiful. Right? I love that. So my body was prioritizing <clears throat> healing first. Right. And then it's just, it's melting off. Wow. And so that's really cool. And I feel healthier. I feel better. Right. Um, it's great. You know, and it's statements like that, too, that really help us to understand that our body does know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Like our body, we might, you know, in, in our, especially in our Western society, we've, we've kind of mechanic, uh, mechanized our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's a machine. If it's wrong, you know, here's some things. It'll fix the machine and you're going back to normal. But we kind of forget that it's not just this lifeless machine. It's this yeah. symbiotic relationship that we have between our mind, our consciousness, our soul, like all this thing, right. our body and all this stuff is working together. And so finding those, those nuances to work with your personal energies and your personal spirit and the way that it resonates with you look at how all, oh. a lot of the religions mm-hmm. practice fasting right a, a lot of the ancient yogis a lot of you know teachers Aesthetics and all that yeah totally. Jesus, right yeah um fasting was a big piece of it mm-hmm. because it's so clearing for the mind right so um I, I just think it's such a cool thing to explore right yeah i'm excited about it oh that's really cool yeah it's funny i was actually just reading uh, um, uh about buddha the other day and uh because, you know, Buddha went through his fasting phases and went through ascetics. And, and uh, you know, as far as, you know, for Buddha, he actually went too far, right? Mm-hmm. And he went too far to where he was emaciated. And he was actually the the the, um, the passage that I remember was that during his meditation, he was, uh, during his uh, time as an ascetic, he was so emaciated that he could reach into where his stomach was and grab his spine from the front side. You know, and so like, yeah, that's obviously a little too much. But, you know, to Buddha's credit, too, he realized that he's like, okay, this is not working for me. I'm not getting anywhere closer to the spiritual thing that I'm looking for. So cutting this out, going back to something that's healthier for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, but that is to clear out those energetic channels and to get the energies open up to explore, you know, even more. That, that intermittent fasting and those those safe ways of mm-hmm. fasting are so beautiful for those right. those journeys. It's cool because certain people should not practice intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's had an eating disorder, right. um, like really serious eating disorder, it might be difficult right. for them, but not impossible. So I, I think that 
but we, you do have to be careful right. with it. You know, you, you do have to be careful. But just it's it's about listening to your body. Right. It's it's another practice of listening to your body. I can tell my body loves this, probably because my ancestors lived that way. Right. Yeah. My my clinket. Uh, grandmother probably lived up you know they had to wake up in the morning and oh. go pick berries and you know go gather clams and whatnot to have for lunch or dinner right so they would have probably have an early dinner but what are they doing all day they're gathering and right. you know doing their thing they're not eating all day right exactly so i'm living like my ancestors and that's i think why my body loves it it's so interesting yeah yeah and yet you're honoring that lineage mm-hmm. you know and that's you know that's we, and that's, I, I love doing ancestor work and I never really understood it before, you know, and a, a, like why we came from where we came from, why does that knowledge help us now? But I think to, to that point, it, it live it helps us live in accordance with the way that we have lived. And that, that way of living has gotten us to this point, whether it's the diet, the, uh, the atmosphere that you live in, the environments, mm-hmm. you know, we're drawn to humidity for, for example, right? So mm-hmm. maybe you're drawn to humidity and you're living in a dry climate and you're not healthy go to somewhere humid and see what that does for you or vice versa, right? right? Say you live in Florida and you're like, God, I hate sweating. Go to Vegas or go to Colorado, you know, try something different that, right. that sits with you as a human being, mm-hmm. um, you know, and finding those, those nuances that, that help add to our personal health plans. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been cool. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have a plan on how long you're going to intermittent fast forward? Just see what happens. I'm just going to see what happens. Cool. I'm going to get to this little goal that I have, this little five, Five more pounds. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm perfectly comfortable where I am. And it's it's when you're that 15, 20 pounds heavier, you know I it do. feels yucky. Yeah. You know that feels yucky. So I'm really happy if I find a, a place where I can maintain because mm-hmm. I've never been able to. Right. I want my set point to be 130. I don't want it to be 150. Right. You know? I want my set point and my set point's been too high for a really long time. So that's if I had a goal, if I, you know, right. I'm going to stick with what's working and what doesn't feel triggering, mm-hmm. and I'm happy with that. Cool. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Well, good luck on that journey. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think uh, intermittent fasting will probably be something I add to my, at least try it out pretty soon. You'd be amazed at how much <clears> energy. <throat> yeah. You would think, oh, I haven't eaten all day. I don't have any energy. Yeah. You'd be amazed at how much energy you have. Yeah. It's really weird and cool. Yeah. That's my goal right now is finding um, finding uh, mental energy and that mental clarity. It's really cool how you get really mentally clear on it. Mm. It's so weird. That's cool. We went to Hawaii recently, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to intermittent fast in Hawaii. There's so much good food. Right, yeah. But it was so easy. Wake up in the morning. I mean, Brandon loves it because it's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> It's a way of saving money, right? Yeah, there you go. So we'd wake up, figure out what beach we're going to, go, you know, do our thing at the beach. Yeah. And then it's time to eat. It was so easy. That's great. Yeah. That's very cool. And and cost effective. It was great. There you go. That's where it's at. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, the cost effective is where that's that's a huge one because when we start to get into our personal health plans and our in our diets and things like that, that can get. Like, especially if you're supplementing, I mean, supplements can get so crazy. It's so healing for your body. It read is. The, read the books if you can, or get an audio okay. um, book of it. So it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, mentally, it's been amazing. Oh, yeah. You don't know what to do with your time. Yeah. At first, you're like, um, usually I'd be cooking 
something or grocery shopping for something, you know, you spend so much time right. on that, the meals and the, you know, thinking about food. Mm-hmm. What am I going to eat next? Right. It's so freeing Ugh. to go, I don't have to eat until three o'clock. I can do whatever I want. Right. And then you just keep yourself busy somehow mm-hmm. because you're not used to not having anything to prepare or cook or yeah. clean up. You probably realize how much you eat out of just boredom, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I got nothing to do. I'm just going to, oh, buy the fridge. I'm just going to go in there and get Habit. something. And it's really interesting how we've been taught in the American Health Association or whatever. You know, this forever we've been taught three meals a day uh-huh. or little snacks a day or six meals a day. Right. Your metabolism will slow down. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. My metabolism is ramped right up. Cool. It was at a zero. Yeah. And my, it, my metabolism is healed. And it's where it needs to be. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. I think we found out that uh, a lot of the, uh, like the, the food pyramids and oh. all that stuff that we've been fed all of our lives is, is really, it's not as true as we'd all hoped it would be. And it's creating obesity in children. Right. And, and poverty. I mean, the part of the book I'm, I'm reading about right now is how it really hits, you know, lower income. Right. Um, people. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, growing up in Texas, I mean, I could go to the grocery store, and I grew up in a pretty impoverished area, you know, we weren't, I mean, it was just pretty lower middle classes, you know, and, uh, and, but when you could go to the store, and you could spend $2 and get a 12-pack of Little Debbie Ho-Ho Cakes, right, or spend $6 on a salad mm-hmm. for, that's one serving, yeah. you know, it's like, you're not giving people the right options, right? Mm-hmm. When you make the junk food more affordable than the health food. That's exactly right. You know, I like the uh, the idea in Europe, you know, where they spend their, their food is a little higher in price, mm-hmm. but they spend less in doctors right. because they get better quality food, which is, which is medicine in itself. Right. I love how Katie Tavog, I always ask her to be like, Hey Katie, um, I'm vitamin, I need some more vitamin B or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what supplements would you recommend? She's like, eat spinach. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, right. And I should just eat the food that gives me the vitamins that I'm trying to get supplements for and right. not, you know, so like if we can just, if we can find that way to help bring nutrition approachable yeah. and, and levelize that a little bit. So we're not spending like $2 on a Big Mac and then $1,000 on the doctor to reverse the effects what of that I, Big Mac. What I know? so loved about traveling to Paris and, and London, Paris in particular, yeah. is they don't have fast food, really. It's not there. Yeah. I mean, you could go get a little pastry, but what they do is they have the little markets. You go for your walk and you mm-hmm. pick out your food for the day. Yeah. And that's how you spend your day, and then you go home and you prepare it. Um, it's not this, you go get a Big Mac thing. It's right. really, that's why they're all so skinny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they spend the first, they probably fast, right? They're smoking. Right. They do smoke too much. They do. But, and then they have a little wine, too, for yep. lunch, mm-hmm. right? They might, which is so cool. Yeah. And I, I just love that. I just love the bright um, oranges and, and limes and everything yeah. is just vibrant. This vibrant, alive food mm-hmm. that's so fresh. You take home and you eat it that day. Right. What if we did that? What if you grew your own garden? Right. I'm terrible at gardening, but I might try it. Right. Yeah. There's a, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head now, but uh, there's this gentleman, I think he's from New York, but his movement right now is to, um, is to create uh, 
neighborhood gardens uh-huh. and not just not not community gardens only but mm-hmm. yeah, reaching garden. yeah like okay we have a front yard we have a backyard okay maybe you have a family that utilizes part of the, the backyard right yes. so that's cool but your front yard is just lawn right not doing anything why not plant a garden there that you can at least start to get juice from right so plant a garden that's all juice juice worthy kind of, of fruits and you can juice and make your own Let's juice do it right you know like and so this guy he's, he's so passionate about it and he's got these people like on board and now you walk down these streets of new york and where that used to be like, you know, maybe a tree, maybe a fire hydrant. Now all these these little patches of yard are gardens. Like that is so beautiful. Such a brilliant idea. Let's figure out how to um, how to do that. How to yeah. manifest that. There's a there's a scientist that found a way to splice. I want to say it's like twenty different fruit trees together. And, uh, and his idea is to be able to, um, to plant these types of trees in parks and have them feed homeless people because they have the ability to grow multiple different types of fruit. And I can't remember exactly how he did it. It's the, the picture of the tree itself is gorgeous. It's like lavenders and reds mm-hmm. and blues, and it's just, just beautiful array of colors. And it produces about 10 or 15 different types of fruit. And so, like, yeah, the idea is just, like, put these in parks and let them fruit and let the people that need it go get it. Why not? Why aren't we doing that? Right. You know? I mean, I know that, like, a lot of these are, like, big, grandiose plans, but, like, you know. I love the plan of your own little garden. Yeah. The only reason I don't do it is because I really don't know how. Right. And I don't have time to figure it out. Yeah read about it or anything but you know what it's important to find the time to do that mm-hmm. it's important right okay that's a goal of ours there you go Should right let's make it we're gonna do it we're gonna make we're it gonna a garden have our little garden <laughs> you're gonna show me a picture of your garden Deal. and i'm gonna show you a picture of my garden okay all right all right we'll i'm do gonna it. have a cute little garden god damn right <laughs> it's gonna match your personality <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have the perfect rose and... oh man hell yeah i have a gardener to help me so I have the upper hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle yeah. the farmer. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Well, when Monica gets back, she can help me out. All right. But she's more the hey, plant this here, and then I'm like, all right, I'll go plant that there now. <laughs> okay, I want to see the all right see the fruit of your garden. Beautiful. So cool. Perfect. Well, why don't we end on that? Yeah. We'll, we'll end on our own personal challenge of growing gardens for okay. a year and and continuing our our journey through this healthy life that we're living. Yeah. Joe Parsons, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to chat with you for a while. And uh, thank you for uh, for supporting our podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, this is so cool. And it's a great idea. And it's a really good fit for you. So I'm, I'm super proud of you. And I can't wait to see where this goes. And, and I'm part of it in any way, shape, or form. Oh, you need it. Beautiful. So. Well, from the bottom of my heart, Joe, thank you for uh, for being a part of my yoga journey and for, uh, for all the beautiful knowledge you passed on and the mm-hmm. classes you've taught. And everything that's still to come from our beautiful friendship together. Aww. Yay, thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right, thank you so much for joining us today. That was the amazing Joe Parsons. Love getting some time with her. Uh, if you have any questions about what we discussed today, any of the Bernie Clark stuff, any of the, uh, the trainings, Baptiste trainings, um, intermittent fasting, things like that, uh, there'll be links in our show notes for basic information about those topics. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you like what we're doing and reach out if you need anything or if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Uh, Love you all. Thank you so much for your support. Obeisance to you all.